Welcome back to the Byron Lazine Podcast. I got to sit down with one of my mentors, Al Filippone. He's the team lead and founder of Team AFA, formerly Al Filippone Associates in Connecticut. For years, they've had the highest volume team in Connecticut, over $350 million alone just last year. The last few years, they've done over a billion in sales. He's got billions of sales on his record. Al's also Senior Vice President and Coaching Czar at William Ravis a brokerage that we share together. I love spending time with Al. He gives me so much insight. And I know for sure, no matter what level of biz the business you are in, you're going to enjoy this pod. So leave a comment. Tell me what your biggest takeaway was. I'll see you in the pod. Yeah, so Al, appreciate you doing this. Pretty cool. My pleasure. To, it's fun. Yeah, it is. Sit down <laughs> with you. And anytime I get to sit down with you and chat real estate, because you've been such an icon, especially Fairfield County, right? So Fairfield yeah. County, for maybe anyone who's unfamiliar, it's where a lot of New Yorkers choose to live and mm -hmm. then travel into the city. I know we were just, you just moved into the city for the first <laughs> time. Reverse commute. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is interesting. <laughs> but, you know, it's a great place for you know, many people who work in the city or just here in, you know, lower Fairfield County to, to choose a place to live. Fabulous place to bring, raise a family. That's yeah, absolutely. Down, school system, everything for the kids and, and services. What's impressive to me as, you know, an entrepreneur and team leader and a business guy is just how dominant you've been in the state of Connecticut. Being one of the first people really in the entire industry to start and grow a team, mm -hmm. you and Bill, mm -hmm. Bill Ravis talk about that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And not only just starting and growing one, but year after year, you know, raising the bar. And just the last couple of years alone, you've done over $300 million in volume, over $350 million last year. And it's such a huge number that so many people are like, holy, look at, look at what Al and his team are, are doing. So why don't you just give us the background story of like being in real estate 35 years, starting the team and, and kind of how it's transitioned to this point of success. So um, I built my business as a single agent through direct mail. Yeah. Um, there was an area of town, uh, the town of Fairfield that I carved out kind of in the hills. Uh, Greenfield Hill actually is the name of it. And there were 2,500, there's 2,500 residences in that area. So it was a nice size. And um, I just started, I felt like, um, you know, one of the agents came into the office. I was brand new, and he was, he was complaining that he his dog was sick, and he was trying to make an appointment at the veterinarian. And the vet said, oh, no, we don't take anyone new. We're too, too busy or whatever. Yeah. And he was complaining that, and I kind of kind of a thinking guy, and I was assuming that. I thought, wouldn't it be cool if somewhere down the road, you know, there's a husband and wife said, you know, honey, I think it's time to sell our house. I hope Al Philippone is available. I, <laughs> you know, that was a mindset I had and was trying yeah. to create. So to be that ultra professional, like the veterinarian, like the doctor, like that true, true advisor. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and to be, you know, to have such a great reputation that you, of course. You know. Um, so I decided to do it through marketing, through direct mail. And every month I was mailing to... What year was this when you started the campaign? Um, 1990, 91. Okay. Right in there. Yeah. And So this uh, is like three, four years after you started in the business yeah, as, a, yeah, as a single agent. Yeah, it was probably 
Probably, yeah, right in around that time. Of yeah. course, in 91, the market was going down, was really starting to go down. Not many people wanted to invest in the real estate business, but um, I wasn't a big yay rah rah salesperson. I knew that that wasn't going to be my calling card, mm-hmm. that I had to do it another way. So I was mailing to, uh, I was getting ready to do actually my first mailing, and I was reading an article, most probably a lot of the, People listening to this are too young to remember readers. No, no, no. We've, we've got a oh, we've got our email <laughs> list average age is over sixty. Oh, so, okay. So yeah. they rem- they know yes. Readers Digest. Okay. And I was reading an article about the founder of Readers Digest, and it was talking about you know how he was going door to door to delivering. You know that's how he got started. I thought, well, in today's money, this guy would be a billionaire if it's good enough for him. It's good enough for me. I could do it too. Yeah. So I was mailing out twenty four hundred pieces and delivering the other hundred door to door every month. So I felt it was going to take me basically 25 months to hit all in theory. If you wanted to go and say hello to everybody. Yes. Say hello. Um, And a couple offshoots of it that I really wasn't expecting. I got to know the area. It's a fairly large geographical area. It's two acre zoning. Wow. So the houses are far apart. So, you know, in some streets, you're not actually walking you're driving from house to house yeah got to know the area really well um and um i just kind of created a name for myself by doing that and it wasn't long before uh i mean by the time i was six months in now the homeowners had received six newsletters already they started recognizing me as i was at the door yes so they were putting name to a oh i feel like i'm meeting a celebrity it was just great conversations yeah. um and obviously was, this is before you know something like instagram or tiktok way right? before yeah way before <laughs> that yeah, this is the 90s so yeah so that that's a great way to get your face in front of people for sure yeah and i try to be you know kind of i like doing the opposite of what other people are doing yeah. so um what were they doing what were what were the, where's the majority of the marketing spend at this time early 90s i would imagine newspaper right yeah and print magazine and print magazine, magazine yeah. like the local we have a westport magazine started out yeah. and just so so yeah and those, but not you, many people and you were like i'm gonna go direct to the door with me hand delivering or to the mailbox direct to the consumer yeah and um you know it wasn't before long uh, where people were recognizing my face with the newsletter. And so yeah. it was much more. And uh, as I said, and so I was, uh, I tried to coordinate it. So I was uh, going out on the hottest day of the week in the summertime and the coldest day <laughs> in the wintertime, uh, kind of for the sympathy vote. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and it, so and it for, worked. That was part I, of the strategy. I was being invited wow. in for hot chocolate and lemonade and all this. And it really, <laughs> and then I found out, I found that Saturday was a very, was a great day to do it. Okay. Uh, because... People are home, especially as opposed to being at work, and their defenses are down. And it's like, holy, you know, they're happier on a Saturday, yeah, the beginning of the weekend. And here it is, Saturday, and this guy's out pounding the pavement. So it really had a a stickiness to it, so to speak. And um, and I would get the question, and then and and it was taking a while. I was about to give up after the first year because not much was happening. And uh, Bill well, direct mail is a long-term investment. Yes, yeah. yes. I was looking at it, so I was still doing my open houses, and calling expires and all of that. But I, and I was looking, you know, at that 
part of the business is putting, you know, putting the bread on the table. And more bottom of the funnel, something you can hit now. Exactly. Yeah. I was looking at direct mail more as my annuity yeah. since we're down the road. Um, Bill kept encouraging me to keep it up and, uh, and eventually it kicked in. And, um, and homeowners would very, because we live in an area where there's very, you know, successful business people. And it's like, you're, you're starting to kill it with this direct mail piece. Why aren't other agents doing this? And I don't know if I said it aloud, but what I was thinking to myself is they are doing it, yeah. but they're doing it once or twice. It's not generating business and then they're giving up. Yeah. So the key was, and to this day, whether it's you're talking about Instagram or direct, whatever it is, the key to the success in this business, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. is consistency oh, yeah. keep doing it over and over and over yes. i just put up yes. a video actually yes. yesterday just about that yes. I, I shared one of my first videos from my third year in real estate in 2014 i was awful at video uh -huh. and then i you know, kind of split screened it with uh -huh. today and said you know the only reason i've grown on video is because i did it every day oh, every oh, week oh, for the entire time so so you built this massive you know farm right, of 2,500 homes, you were seeing 100 of them at the door, you were mailing 2,400 of this every month, and you kept rotating this. And then at what point did you decide, okay, this business has gotten so big, I need to be one of the first in the country to go build what is now considered a mega team? Well, first, once I did, uh, as a single agent, once I hit 10 million in volume, I felt that I needed uh, a support staff person. You know, like an exec an, assistant yeah, or whatever. An, an administrative manager yeah. kind of. And I didn't know it at the time, but to me, that's really the first step in building a team. I agree. To have someone. 100%. I wanted someone at the time that wasn't in remote work anyway. Somebody on the back end. So in-house, in, in the office yeah. every day, so on the back end. So that's how it started. As I said, that was really my first team member, although at the time I didn't know it. Yeah. Um, and I... Hired, I actually hired someone at halftime uh, every day, but halftime. And uh, I remember I was ready to go. I thought, I wonder if I can use, it'd be cool to have someone here all day because, you know, you have some, you know, invariably you have someone in the morning, you need them at in the afternoon. You have them in the afternoon, you need them in the morning. <laughs> yes. And I said to Bill, you know, I think I'm making, I think I'm making her uh, full time, but I'm wondering if I'm going to have enough to do. He said, just hire her. You'll have enough to do. And he was right. <laughs> Within a month, I could see that. And she, to this day, that was however many years ago, uh, she's my webmaster now. So she wow, takes care of our website. So still she, here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she doesn't, she's, uh, she's, she freelances. Yeah, she's, she's a vendor she's, for she's, you. Yeah. She's, uh, isn't it, isn't that so. something that's great about Bill? He's just go for it, right? Yeah, I love yeah. that attitude. Yeah. And we've mentioned Bill actually a couple yeah. times already just start yeah. kicking off this pod. So if you're listening, like, who, who's this Bill Ravis guy they're talking about? Uh, I, I actually got to sit down with um, Alan Dalton. He lives, do you know Alan Dalton? I do. He's funny. He's I, funny. I so, so he's a former CEO of Realtor.com, right? Yeah. I think now he's at BHHS uh -huh. um, somewhere in Gino's exec team, I believe, or he was as recently as last year. And anyways, I'm sitting at a conference at, in Miami and um, we're at the Fountain Blow in the, in the lobby. And I'm chatting with Alan. Oh man, you're a Connecticut guy. Yeah, yeah. Connecticut, you know the whole thing. Yeah, he's from originally Massachusetts. I think. Originally, Matt, but he lives yeah. he lives close to you now, it, right? Is he? Yeah, uh, okay. he lives somewhere in Fairfield County. Okay, so okay. I'm not exactly sure okay. which town, but he said, "Wow, you work for Bill Ravis? Yeah, you know, uh, my team's part of you know William Ravis Real Estate." 
And uh, he says, you know, I used to run realtor.com. I met brokers across the entire country. He said, Bill is the smartest broker I've ever met in my life. And so if you're familiar with Northeast real estate, Bill's the most iconic broker in the Northeast. Obviously now with what the company's doing in South Florida, it's it's just unbelievable. They're a family owned company in the top 10 in the entire country mm. for volume mm. you know it's just them and howard hana that yeah. are privately owned at that level yeah. it's such it's such a uh, you know a great story it, bill really, so we'll yeah. probably mention bill a few more times just yeah, as a little absolutely. context so, so if you're listening you're like who is this but you were one of bill's you know first real big success stories as he started building this brokerage right i mean he, he's been doing it 46 47 years yeah. you're 35 yeah. years yeah, there were a couple some that came and gone, but really the first to really scale it. To scale to, to the size. Yeah. And, and Bill always says, we invented teams here. <laughs> and, you know, you, you were at the forefront uh, with him on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's been a fun journey. I mean, the funny thing about Dalton, I, whenever I think of him, though, this sticks in, uh, in my mind. It's, it's, I played a short video of, of him once being interviewed um, by, I'm not sure who it was, but at a team meeting. Yeah, and he said, "Well, this is how I handled because I came from a poor neighborhood. This is how I handled high-end opportunities. So, you know, of course, uh, the agents on the team are all heirs because we live in a high-end neighborhood." He said, <laughs> "I'd go into a house; it'd be, uh, you know, a eight, ten thousand square foot house, and you just have to be honest with people. No heirs or anything." I walked in, I looked around, and said, "I grew up in a house like this." There were five other families living in it too, but (laughs) (laughs) he's a charismatic guy, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Alan. uh, Wow. So, what? Where did? uh, What's your experience been with him? Like, what's? I don't really just okay, just different things in the industry. He's been in the industry a long time, been around, been around quite a bit. So, but Bill and I really, you know, formulated a team concept. you know, 22 years ago, whatever, and uh, it's just evolved from there. I mean, the last 10 years, it's it's been obvious that teams in any market across the country are a dominant force, right? There's just no question about it. 20 plus years ago, did you and Bill have that discussion where it's like teams are going to just take over this industry? I can't say we knew that, but we did, did get a lot of resistance. I mean, other agents. Within the company and outside or... or- more, more outside okay they just hated the idea of yeah. the team they didn't want to give it any recognition or and you know i guess that should have been a harbinger of things to come because usually it's an indication of people are threatened by yeah. what you're doing and, and there's still and a good sign there's still a, a real threat against teams <laughs> we saw that in you know january of this year and where the state made a lot of changes yeah, yeah, in in our state of connecticut crazy, so i craziness yeah i have a team in connecticut that we, we finally we, we finally got a little piece off of the Al team. We got the most uh, transactions, but you're you're you know so far ahead in the volume. You know we we're gonna have to do three times the amount of transactions <laughs> to catch you in the in the volume for context. What's the like the average price point you're dealing with in this luxury market? Our average sale price is a million five something, yeah. million five and change. Yeah. That's the average. So you can do the math over three hundred fifty million last year. They're still doing. That's what I love about your team and. And the way you've set it up, 
you're you're not just high volume, you're high volume and high units. It's a nice balance, I think. Yeah. And, and part of that is just the fortune of living here. I mean, yeah. something I did great, but you know, it's we're in a nice marketplace for that. But you're not doing, you know, a lot of luxury teams or they'll just do a low number of units because the price point's so great. Right. You, you decided to do both. <laughs> so it, it's amazing. So right now with your agents, we're shifting a little bit in, into this market. And you've seen shifts, you've seen recessions, you've you've seen quite a bit in 35 years of, of being in the business. What are you telling your agents right now as we go through this real estate and economic shift? If you want to actually improve your business and take it to the next level and you've got a little issue managing your transactions, you've got to try Sisu. There's a link below. My team uses Sisu for everything. We have our leaderboards and we're tracking every single thing that we're doing. But most importantly, it's that transaction man management portion of the business. So manage your transactions online, use Sisu, try the link below. Sisu will transform your business. It's done it for many teams, many single agents across the country. Try Sisu, links below. To get back to the blocking and tackling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get back to the basics, going back to what we were talking about with consistency. Um, People just want to know that you're interested in them and that you are take pride in what you do, um, that you, uh, you know, they can tell your experience and how your confidence and how well trained you are just by conversations. Um, but you, it's it's just reaching out. You mentioned going out when you started your career on Saturday. Mm -hmm. How important if if you're maybe five years in the business. And you haven't built it up to that level, that annuity that you talk about where the mm. business is coming in. How important is it to be committed on Saturdays and Sundays? Well, the old saying, uh, entrepreneurs work 80 hours a week so they don't have to work 40. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's uh, really what that, it's that, all about. That is true. <laughs> you think if about you it. Honor, this is, as a realtor, you own your own business, whether you're with another brokerage yeah. or not. You own your own business. You, yeah. You're going to live and die with your own sword. And so you're going to get out of it what you put into it. I can remember, um, and it's gr great to have a passion for it. I remember I was three, four years in and um, we were, it was Easter Sunday and we were having in mid April or whatever, having Easter dinner at my grandmother's, which uh, nobody could cook like she did. <laughs> Philippone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. But, Probably a big spread. Fill up the whole oh table God. here. Um, but I remember sitting waiting for dinner. I was thinking, this is the first day I've had off this year. Yeah. Um, and so that was telling me, telling in two ways to me. Number one, that you got to work hard if you want to make it mm -hmm. in anything. And number two, I must be really enjoying this if I didn't realize that I haven't had a day off yet. You know, or I didn't have a life. One of, one of those three. But. Not too many friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got a lot in common now. So I like to work a lot. So, what do you, but looking forward though, here, I mean, I agree with you. Basics. You're an agent, like, forget about the noise. I mean, I started in 2012, which was the bottom of the Connecticut real estate market. You can make it in any single market. But if you're, you know, looking at the next couple of years, You've been through the GFC, the great financial crisis. You've been through recessions. What are you just speculating? Is this going to be, you know, good for real estate, bad for real estate? Is this going to get really bad in the next couple of years? What's your gut feel 
on the economy going forward? Yeah, that's the million dollar question, no pun intended. You yeah. know, I mean, right now what we're seeing down here is a little bit of a shift in, uh, we were talking about this before, in that mid price range. Yep. Where the first time- Which for owners, you guys, tell, tell <laughs> me what the mid price range well, would be. Well, for us, it would be that two to three million, yeah. you know, one and a half to three million dollar price point, three and a half million. Um, the first time homeowners, home buyers here, uh, under a million, million two fifty, whatever. Those houses are still moving, still seeing multiple offers, above four million, um, still moving. It's that mid price range where maybe the interest rates are affecting it a little bit more. It's not a, you know, it's a, not a have to move. It's it'd be nice to move up, but <clears throat> last couple of years, one of the inspirations was let's take advantage of all the equity we built. Yeah. How long is that going to last? So. I'm not, I'm hoping that it's not, uh, you know, a big downturn or maybe more of a leveling off. When it comes to predicting the economy, predicting anything, I mean, you, you, did you ever the week of the Super Bowl listen to what the analysts say about what's going to happen, what needs yeah. to happen? And, and then, then the night before somebody then, gets arrested. Yeah. And <laughs> the first play of the game, the center hikes it 40 yards over the quarterback's yeah. head. And, you know, like everything goes out the window. Everything is out the window. And the yeah. same thing with, the, you know, it's just so difficult to predict what's going to happen in the fall with elections. Um, right. Are they going to get a handle on the inflation that's going up? The yeah. interest. So I, I just think that the, you know, the economic forecasts are that mid March, mid spring market in 2023 are going to be down about 55% across the board prices. Um, You're expecting prices to go down. I'm not saying that I am. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a lot of different yeah. opinions and stuff. That I'm saying that's the um, economic forecast that it's going to be a five percent decrease in prices uh, next spring. I'm hoping more of a level off. Mm -hmm. We're still seeing multiple offers. Um, two things that I think are a bit different is not as uh, well. Three things actually: not as many multiple offers. Yeah. Not as many offers. Not as uh, much of a disparity over ask. And thirdly, you know, two months ago, I'm sure it was in your marketplace too, you felt like you could slap any number you wanted on a, on a house and it was going to sell for more. Correct, yeah. that, there are houses sitting there now and need price adjustments. And, and it's interesting, I think, to hear that because you're, you know, lower, you know, your average price point is a million and a half. And then that mid, like you said, is, you know, and, and then you sold a $16 million house this year, your team did. So you're dealing with the ultra high end in terms of price points in this right. country, right. but the median price points are feeling exactly what you just described. Okay, there's multiple offers, but not as extreme, right? right? There, there's people going over ask, but maybe not as extreme across right. the board. So it's very right. similar, which is interesting. Right, where that high, high end, they're not financing. So the interest rates don't come into play as much. Obviously, they're very astute yeah. financial people, but as we had discussed, it's just another place to put your money. Are you cautious right now as a team leader? Are you investing into the team and, and into the growth of the team over the next few years like you would in any other market? Should you know a team leader like myself continue to put money in uh, over the next couple of years. Well, what, and you know, another thing, as you said, we'll be alluding to Bill throughout this conversation. Yeah. One of the things I've learned from him is when the market is down, that's when you have to open up the yeah. throttle and invest even more. And he's done that throughout and, the years. And, and that doesn't mean 
spending frivolously or, right. you know, you have to be prudent about how you're investing, but this is when you really have to step up with the marketing. Yeah. It, it becomes clear right now that things are going to go potentially on sale. Things like maybe a book of business that you want to acquire that you've been working on and maybe the price tag 12 months ago would have been up here and now you might get it at a more reasonable price. I mean, Bill, he may go out and acquire some some more independent brokerages because, you know, some of these, you know, big names who have had a lot of investment in, they're taking a step back and don't have the investment. So he has less competitors mm -hmm. uh, to go out there and invest in well, businesses. Well, and he's right. been smart and, and now is the time to, the smart money comes into play. Yeah. And even some of the larger companies, I mean, you've been reading about it, yeah. you're cutting staff. 10, right. 10%. 8%. Exactly. So you're of the mindset of if you've got it, if you've built it up, go make those smart investments right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What investments uh, as an agent, I mean, you talked about the basics, right? But what investments should an agent be making into either themselves to get better or their business? I think um, from my observation, I think some of the agents where they go wrong is investing in a lot of different things. And, and it doesn't, I'm not necessarily talking about a financial investment. I mean, that yep, time into, is an investment. Time investment. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you're the guru of social media. You do such a great job with your <laughs> Thank you. I don't know about a guru, but I appreciate that. But you know, you're focusing not that you don't do other stuff, but that's your focus. That's your bread and butter. Yeah. That's what's going to generate business for you. And then the things that maybe it's not that your team that you don't provide everything for your team, but you know your strengths and weaknesses and you build up a team around you so that you could, you know, kind of rely on they the have strengths the support. of other people. Yeah. Exactly. And and that's what I see is just like, this doesn't work for a week, so I go onto this. That doesn't work. And I'm saying, you know, of the five basic ways there are to prospect, pick the one that you enjoy most and... and uh, pick the one you're bet like you, were hitting doors and doing direct mail. You felt really strong about that. I enjoyed marketing. Yeah, you were confident yeah, yeah. in that particular. You know, if you're really great at the phones, hit that. If you're really great at videos, hit that. And to your point, do it every single day. Yes. Stay in that lane. Exactly. Commit to it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that. There's, um, there's just, to your point, there's just so much to do. Mm -hmm. There's like so many different things. You get pulled in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. And then you, if you try something new every single day, you don't get great at yeah, one thing. Yeah. You try to be all things to all people yeah. and you end up being nothing to everyone. I think the best investment you can make is in getting support. Right. And so to your point, an investment could be, Hey, I'm going to invest some of my split to be on the right team, to be in the right office, whatever it may be to have that support or going out and hiring you know, like you did your first assistant or a virtual assistant mm -hmm. so that you can go and do like what you're talking about, the things that you should be doing every day because you're really, really good mm -hmm. at that one thing. Right, and, uh, and it's going to generate business. It's just not going to happen overnight. Yeah. The resolve, resolve is the key. Yeah. The last time, so 2000, I don't know, after the GFC, you had, you know, some years where this in this country we saw like 4 million existing home transactions, 4.5 million Fannie Mae just projected that in 2023, we might see only four and a half million to be the lowest since like 2011. In those years, because you were in business and you had a team, did you see a lot of agents get out? Did you still sell a lot of properties? For those that are like, I'm committed to this business. Like, I don't care. I'm a professional. I've got a great business. 
can you ease maybe their concerns that there's still going to be plenty of transactions for them? So I was in actually training to become a realtor. I had my license, but I was in the Ravis training. Um, um, I think it was my first or second week of training Black Monday. It was 1987. Yeah. And um, 86 was a fabulous real estate market. I didn't, wasn't able to take advantage of that because I wasn't a realtor yet. Um, but what I had learned, uh, first, I, I actually learned two things. Naivety is bliss. I just didn't really know enough to, to be fearful of that. Um, but as opposed to 1986, where the number of realtors in the country really started to increase. Mm -hmm. um, like you saw in 2021. Right. Right. In 2021, what did the, on a national level, what it moved Went from over, one two to one five, over one five. Yeah. Almost one six, almost yeah. hit 1.6. Six, which I expect to. And now we're seeing it decline. And so what happened in 86, uh, in 87 is a lot of agents left the business. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was just more out there for everyone because there was less realtors. And, and you know what? Byron never really, really changes. It's for 10 to 20% of the realtors are doing doing the 90% of the business. That just never seems to change. So there's always business out there, despite what the... You know, I, I have this thing that I like to... Uh, I, I often say, you know, buy, uh, sellers or buyers, they want to know if it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. My response is it's a realtor's market because <laughs> your realtor is the most important decision. Choosing yeah. a realtor is the most important decision you can make when either buying or selling a home. Yeah, it could be the difference in you know everything for yeah. you in terms of your profitability yeah. when you're making that investment or, or selling the property. And if you are an agent, there's going to be deals in no matter what market you're in. No right? So stay professional, stay engaged, continue to learn every single day. You're... An educator. That's what I love about being around you. I mean, we've had you on, you know, call with our team, and every every time there's like a group session, a mastermind, people walk away like, man, he's full of so much knowledge. I want to hear more. You is that what you really enjoy? Like that side of business, educating. Um, I, I do. I enjoy building other people's businesses. I, yeah. I get a thrill out of that. That's really one of the reasons why I went in that in this direction. And again. Not in not initially because I didn't know it at the time. It was more the admin to support. Then I, I needed someone to help me with buyers. Then I needed someone as the business grew to help me uh, servicing listings. And so it was growing out of need, necessity. But I didn't realize that it was also, you know, it's it's always goes back to get by giving, right? And mm. and so that's the fulfillment now. I mean, agents coming into the business who so so much younger than I am, but just helping them grow their business and kind of guiding them through. I mean, there's not too much that they're going through that I haven't gone through already. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I I often say in one-on-ones -on -ones that I have with the agents, I say, you know, there's not too many advantages of getting old, but one of them is I could see things happen before they even happen. I know what's going to happen, so yeah. this is what's going to happen. And this is that, that experience is invaluable. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So yeah, I had an agent I went, who was calling me. She was doing a lot of business, but she really respected my opinion. It was newer and stuff, and she would call or text uh, um, me about it was almost a different issue every day. And then 
Finally, one day she just texted me back. She said, you know, I feel I should just start calling you Nostradamus. You know, not really everything you say. You know, it's, it's, but it's only, again, it's not so much talent as experience, you know. That's a smart agent. How can I tap into the experience that's around me, right? Yes. People, they're like, whoa, you know, you, you guys are going to do, you know, last year you, you did almost 500 transactions, mm-hmm. or you did over 500 as a team. And this year you might almost do a thousand yeah. transactions. By, why don't you just go out on your own and, and start your own brokerage because I don't want to do that because I still value the, ex, you know, 47 years, whatever it is that, that Bill Ravis has all the experience that you've done, you know, you've built a team decades before me and I can tap into your experience. And so putting the ego to the side and saying, okay, yeah, I'm doing some deals, but, and we're growing and we're doing all this mm-hmm. stuff, but there's so much value in being able to learn from other people whether it's having a coach, having mentors like yourself, where you can tap into that knowledge, it's a, a competitive advantage for us. There's no question. The team agents I hear mostly from are the top producers. Yeah, because they're tapping into that advantage. Yeah, they 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 don't have a mindset that I know at all. Or and and the new agents, I try to get them to understand. You never you're never done learning. You know, uh, yeah, you know. Rafael Nadal doesn't have a you know practices forehand one day and say oh got that down I don't need to, you know they're practicing four or five hours every day yeah and it's the same thing here you know how can I get it better I mean Tiger Woods is at the top of his golf game and he changed his entire swing yes. it seems crazy I remember that yeah it was after the Masters or whatever yeah. where he, he was like ran on a by roll. the biggest margin ever and then, yeah and he just tore it down yeah, and changed and, it and in business you have to constantly be reinventing yourself yeah or somebody will do it for you. <laughs> What what do you let's leave everybody with like I don't know maybe a top three to to do if you're just getting into this business if you're you're getting into real estate right now coming into this market shift top three things you should be focused on when you're not out with clients or meeting people in the in public get into the office okay get to the office so you're like day. Elon Musk get in the office absolutely yes yeah. it it puts you in a position where you're treating it like a business, which it is. Um, you're not home thinking about the laundry that you forgot to do. You're learning from the experienced agents and the other agents in the office. You're uh, cementing a relationship with them. So if they have a piece of business to pass out, they're going to pass it on to you as a newer agent because they know you. They see you're working hard. They, they have confidence in you as opposed to having to track someone down on the phone who they never see. Yeah. Um, and you just learn. It's a great learning experience. So uh, each day there's something to learn, as we've said. So number one, I would say get into the office. Number two, it's not magic. You know, this it's a very, you know, I heard a, a, a leader once say that it's simple, but it's not easy. And what that means is the formula is simple. The blueprint for success is simple. It's not easy to execute because, again, because of the resolve. Work those Saturdays, do all that stuff. Exactly. So it's get into the office. It's kind of try a handful of the different prospecting activities that we do. If you could come up with something that's creative, then that's fine too. I I got a call from the grants manager one uh, one year, and she said, you know, Al, I hear that your team members are going to the train because we have train stations basically in every town down here. I hear that your team... Uh, you had a couple of team members that are going to the train station and handing out flyers. Does Love that it. does that work? Because I have a couple couple of people in my office are thinking agents in my office are thinking of doing that. Does that work? And I said, you know, 
Becky, they could stand on Greenwich Avenue in front of Restoration Hardware all day and do nothing but smile at people. Yeah. And if they do it every day, they'll get business. Yes. So it's find what you enjoy doing and then do it, doing it consistently. Be consistent like, like yeah. we started the podcast. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, one of the most difficult things to do is to not get discouraged. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing everything Byron is suggesting and I'm not getting business. I'm doing what Al tells me and I'm not getting business. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. Wow. Yeah. Let's finish off with this because we talked about Bill a bunch. Mm-hmm. So Bill Ravis, the most iconic broker of all time in the Northeast. Now take, he's taken over South Florida and you know he just keeps going and going. What's the number one lesson you've learned over your years working side by side with Bill Ravis? To be your own person, um, to uh, not worry if the horse is blind, just load the wagon. <laughs> and um, to do what it takes to carry out your vision. Love it. Al, I admire all, all your success. I really appreciate all, all the time I mm-hmm. spend with you. And thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Likewise. Enjoyed it. <laughs> awesome.